Hey, this is Matt from Blue October, and you're listening to the Blues Hockey Podcast. Jason along with Chris. Yo. All right. We're going to do another uh, episode. Of the so we're dropping two episodes at once today. We recorded the one. And then I'll explain why we didn't get that episode out as quickly as I normally do. Uh, it's a little hectic for a couple of days leading yep. up to the Winter Classic. Uh, but we're going to talk about the Winter Classic. Uh, blue is on waivers, meaning another blue is probably sticking with the team the rest of the year. And... A uh, really good story that came out of Vancouver, well, out of Seattle, from a talk about the Vancouver uh, Canucks assistant equipment manager. So we'll talk about that at the end uh, as a wrap up. But first off, the Winter Classic. So as we talked about last episode, me and Chris were going to the, getting prepared to go to the game. Yep, we were flying out. Well, you were driving, I was flying. Yeah, so we were driving. So when we recorded this, was the 29th. So the Blues just finished up with Edmonton. Me and Chris were recording. Yep. And after the game, we were discussing during the game and after the game about, hey, here's what the weather looks like drive-wise, like on the way up. It's supposed to be possibly snowing. The cold, we knew it was going to be cold. We're not, we're not, we know that was coming. The negative temperatures sure. were well documented going into the uh, Winter Classic. So we knew that was going to be ridiculous. We had a ton of clothing and all other good stuff. Yeah, my my main concern for, for you guys was with driving up. Um, one, what were you going to be driving through? And then two, once you were there, making sure that you could get your car started again. Because I, the only time I've ever been in temperatures like this was when I was in high school. I went up on a recruiting trip to uh, the University of Wisconsin in Madison um, in the middle of December for a basketball game. It was the first time in my life it was so cold that when you breathe in, your nose hairs froze. Uh-huh. But what I remember most of it was my mom and dad hunting down and buying the last oil pan heater they could find at an auto parts store in Madison, Wisconsin, and using it to plug, to uh, keep the oil pan from freezing. And my dad pulling the battery in the car at night. And the next morning when we got up, our car fired right up. Everybody else in that hotel was stuck like Chuck. And I was just really afraid that you guys weren't going to be able to get out of Minneapolis on, uh, on the second. And, um, you know, as I told you, all I got to do is get to the airport and get on a plane. But that even proved to be, as we found out yesterday, um, not the easiest way to get home. Yeah. So Chris decided that night on 29th, be like, yeah, you had other reasons why you just could like decide not to go. So you're just yeah, like, my you girlfriend's know, like, been battling a lot of illnesses so, and so. just recently found out that she's kind of got a, an immunocompromised uh, disorder. So, you know, I, I basically went to her and I was like, hey, I've been to three winter classics. You have not. You tell me what you want to do. And she was like, I'm a little worried about planes and everything. And I was like, then we're out. Yeah. So Chris so was able to get I, all I his pulled, uh, I was the first of us to pull the plug. Yeah. So Chris pulled the plug, got all his stuff canceled. Uh, we decided to forge forward as of uh, that game time. So as uh, we started looking at more and more stuff, obviously weather driving up wasn't going to be great because I was leaving on the 30th 
basically the next night we are leaving to drive, start driving up there. And as we started looking more and more and more, it's supposed to be snowing on the second up north better than mm-hmm. it was down here. Down in St. Louis, we just had uh, like a dusting. dusting at best, but colder temperatures. And as we uh, have made our decision, I kind of like reached out to our other buddy and said, listen, man, just to let you know, we're going to be driving through potentially, according to the weather, six to eight inches of snow most mm-hmm. of the way home. Mm-mm. And once again, if we got the car fired up, like we spent the extra money and I found a parking spot that was supposedly heated. Right. Well, I'll take it back. The heated one wasn't guaranteed, but I found a second parking spot that hopefully keep our car at least warmer than it would be. Then it was out on the street. Yeah. Yes. So, sure. yeah. So we were, so we were like, you know, all that. So that I think after, anyways, long story short, it came down is that we pulled the plug. So yeah. none of us went to the winter classic like we wanted to. Um, you know, luckily I was able to at least salvage my tickets a little bit, not much money, but better than nothing. Um, everything was canceled and we watched the game. Uh, me and Chris watched the game at Chris's new house. So we were able to hang out and it still was fun. And we got to see a yeah. actually potentially really good game. But as we watched the game, we just saw people in the stands and we we're just like, I think the, the word nope came up at least like 25 times oh. watching the game. Look, I, I have, we all had friends who were there, relatives who were there. And all of us were getting texts throughout the game. Um, my two radio people who I was taking to the game who used my seats said that they made it until halfway through the second period. And when the scoreboard at the um, at Target Center read that it was negative 18, they were like, we're good. We, we can get out of here. Yeah. Um, okay. it, I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm all for, you know, sitting in the cold. But um, it's a lot of money to spend to go to a game that you're not going to watch the full thing up. If this game was in St. Louis, I think we would have been. In we would, I would have gone yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah we. But uh, I didn't want to hop on a plane and hotels and all that boogie just for a game that we're already talking about not staying for the whole game. Yeah, and I think a couple of things we also had planned for New Year's Eve that we were planning on going to got canceled yeah. in Minneapolis. Yeah. yeah. So basically, in which I've seen a lot of people had fun going to like, a couple of bars and a lot of Blues fans hanging out, but we were just like, oh, all the stuff we kind of had planned is falling apart slowly and slowly, slowly. It sucked, and we were disappointed, but I think at the end of the day, it was the right call just to oh, yeah. well, stay at home. Well, definitely for me it was. For you. So we, as I found out via one of the Facebook groups, people were talking about, hey, my flight got canceled. So I reached yep. out to Chris, and I said, hey, man, what was your flight number? And he's like, I don't know, I have to look it up. I said, look up your flight and see if it left this morning. And Chris sent me a text about two minutes later, a screenshot. His flight was canceled at five o'clock in the morning. Your five o'clock flight in the morning was canceled. So technically you would have been there, what, four-ish? Yeah, I mean, my flight out of Minneapolis was 5.15 in the morning and uh, it was canceled. And I think, as I told you, if I had gotten up and gone to the airport, and the airport is a solid, I'd say, half hour away from downtown where we were staying, which means that realistically, I'd have to get up at 3 a.m. to get an Uber to get me to the airport by 4 to check in for this flight. If I had gotten to the airport and found out that that flight was canceled, you would have been my one call from jail telling me I needed to get bailed out because I would have hurt somebody. Yeah, or the other option was it would have been a... Uh... Would have been a full car on the way home. We might have been. Uh, yeah, no shit. Yeah, so it would have been ridiculous. But like I said, things just, I think, worked out. We got to watch the game from uh, Chris's house. It was, we still had a lot of fun that day. Went and saw mm-hmm. a movie instead. 
Yep. Saw the new Spider-Man, so that was fun. And got to watch. And the Blues played an excellent game. And uh, let's get into the game. So the Blues had some returning players, had three yep. guys come back. So Barbashev off COVID list. Uh, Sunquist was technically, you know, back because of, he was on the COVID list, but he was not ready for the Wednesday game against Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you had uh, Huso was also back as well. So he had a bunch of guys like coming back and, B- and Bushnevitz had a uh, cold or something like that for the Edmonton game. Non-COVID so related injury or whatever. Yeah. So, so you're getting the four guys back. So the Blues, those four guys coming back had to reassign some guys. So it felt bad for guys like uh, Charlie Lindgren, uh, did mm-hmm. really well up here. He got reassigned back to the Thunderbird, uh, Torpachinko. And at the time, Callie Rosen was up with the taxi squad just in case the Blues had some injuries uh, going into the game. So all those guys got reassigned right before the game. Uh, so hopefully the Thunderbirds start getting some players back because they were basically signing guys to amateur contracts just to fill a team. Oh, I could only imagine. So between the COVID issues as well. So they'll get some guys back that can help them out. So the game is getting ready to start. So I don't know if they, there's a lot of images from there. So we'll start off getting before the game. The Blues pretty much made a lot of uh, headlines and a lot of uh, different websites with how they arrived to the game. So trying to show the, the cold didn't bother them. So me and Chris are sitting there talking about how cold it is. And at the puck drop, it was negative 11 is what I have written down. Yes. So um, during the day, it was That's about negative TNT. four. Yes, per um, the during the day it was negative four. So when these guys arrived to the game and start getting ready, everybody showed up in beach attire, like ridiculous. I mean, good for everybody you, was in shorts, no. and you know, Scandella had his shirt open all the way and arrived. I'm like, Jesus Christ, guys! Uh, but, it, but but everybody did the same thing first. Uh, and I did read after the game. So Bennington kind of said the original plan was they were going to show up all as lumberjacks. So he, he ordered 30 different lumberjack shirts and everybody changed their mind. So he said, I'm stuck with 30 different uh, lumberjack oh. shirts of different sizes. So, all right. Uh, so, but it's, they all showed up. It was really cool to kind of see the team, definitely a team bond. I think show the team personality. And I think that's, uh, you know, makes the, the, make me feel good about how this team is going to go forward and, have they let's just say they persevered through a lot of stuff already this year, COVID wise, and yes. still this this is the battle for first place technically in yep. the central. I mean, well, I know Colorado still has a lot less games played than us, but still, um, the Blues still are going to be in first place, potential first place at the turn of the year. So pretty good to say considering where they were six weeks ago with COVID. So right. I mean, honestly, it's it's pretty remarkable when you look at the list of players that have taken the ice for this team since Thanksgiving, um, both in goal and playing out, you look at the up and down the list of names and there's a bunch of people that you're like, who? And all this team does is find ways to win. Yeah. Basically having a, getting guys like that weren't even in the NHL, a guy like John Gillies, who did, wouldn't even play in NHL started a game, held on for the Blues to get a point that game. And then obviously he was traded to New Jersey after we got healthy, but you're pulling the guys basically off the street almost to a degree, you know, guys who have played at least, you know, AHL, NHL games, and you're still winning games or getting points. And that's the whole principle of everything yep. that's been going on. So the game starts. Um, I thought a couple of the images from the game, which if you, I'll 
if you look on our uh, Facebook and Twitter, if you look on the blues, you'll see most of them, but uh, O'Reilly during warm skating and a lot of the guys skating, like their beers just being iced over from those, mm-hmm. like their breath from like skating. And it's just the warmups uh, yeah. kind of re- really ridiculous uh, crowd wise at the game from what we could tell it looked pretty, pretty packed. Still. I say that at the start of the game, it was probably three Seven. quarters full. Yeah. I think I got to probably in the 90 ish percentile. And I think, uh, and the, but by mid second period, I think, it, I think they didn't show the crowd as much. Uh, they were kind of like focusing on just a couple of sections. And I think a lot of guys left, but for good reason. So the game starts off. Um, the puck was very bouncy. Very. And, and uh, just because obviously the cold, uh, they had to heat the ice. Which it sounds weird. It sounds weird, but I yeah. get it. But they had just to keep it like playable, basically. So what uh, I read was that there were there were sensors in the ice and heaters that were to help regulate the temperature of the ice. Because if it got too cold, they ran the risk of the ice cracking. And obviously, if that happens, the old. surface is almost unplayable. Yeah. So they had to keep monitoring that. So compared to like the Lake Tahoe game a couple of years ago where the ice was like turning the mush because it was too warm outside, almost it was too cold outside to p- technically play a game, but they still ice condition wise, I heard, haven't heard one complaint. So it sounds like that worked and the blues got wild, got the play. The blues looked great for most of the first period. I'd say until the last 10 minutes of the actual game, the blues looked fantastic. Yeah. So um, had a lot of shots against Cam Talbot to start the game. Yeah, but luckily it was kind of a fluky play where Puck kind of bounced around. And Dave Perron just swiped it towards the net, and he gets the first goal of the 2022 Winter Classic, his eighth of the year from O'Reilly and Marco Scandella at about the 14 and a half minute mark of the first. So um, Perron's had a couple shots before like this, and kind of they're just talking about him on the broadcast and how he's it looks like he's do for one and then he winds up yeah. getting one so uh, he had a point blank shot about two two three minutes before that he had a shot right in front of talbot that came out from the back of the net uh into the front where he was and boy he just put it right into talbot's blocker i mean yeah. if he had gone an inch or two higher or lower he would have on the back of the net but unfortunately the blues lead doesn't last long less than uh, no. 30 seconds later uh Kirill Kapritsov gets his 13th of the year from Hartman. Um, basically, after a broken play in the Minnesota end, he gets the puck and skates it out. Uh, Pareko's tracking him. Pareko probably – this is always our complaint with Pareko. As big as he is, we feel that like he should be out-muscling guys. And nasty streak's never going to be there. But if you could, you're, you're big enough that you should out-muscle a good chunk of guys, even guys this guy, you're keeping – he's pretty much keeping pace with Kapritsov to a degree. But yeah. he didn't muscle him off enough. The puck goes towards the front. Uh, Nico Mikola goes down to, for the block to block the pass. Hits off his knee, then his skate just past Jordan Biddington. Rick Fritzov gets is credited for the goal from Ryan Hartman. So one to one after uh, one period. So unfortunately, you know the Blues looked better, the better team that period, but yep. the score doesn't reflect it. One to one. So hopefully the Blues can do well in the second. And there was a record-setting performance during not only the coldest uh, NHL game ever played on record, it's the third coldest professional game, I believe, is what they said on the uh, broadcast. I think the Ice Bowl is still the number one. Yes. Infamous Ice Bowl was still number one 
I think another football game was above that. And it, well, this is definitely the coldest NHL game. The next coldest, I think, was the Heritage Classic uh, back in 13, I believe they said. In Edmonton? Yeah, yeah, I think that's what they were saying. So in the second period, it becomes the Jordan Cairo show. So Boy, does it. Yeah, so Jordan Cairo early on, he uh, kind of uh, Kapritzov did the same thing, throws it towards the net, deflects off a Minnesota Wild player. Tarasenko almost gets a stick on this to knock it in, but just misses it. But Cairo gets his 11th of the year unassisted for a 2-1 to lead 30 seconds into the second period. We'll take that. Mm-hmm. Also, another uh, goal that you don't see that often, not because of the player, but just the type of goal. So Cairo, once again, I think every shift he had in the second period, a goal was scored or there was a very good scoring opportunity. That just tells you how good he was in yeah, the second period. That whole period. line, by the way, was fantastic. Yeah, the, the Russian three were broken up, and it was down to Thomas, Cairo, and Tarasenko. So Thomas was back last game and reunited with Tarasenko, and this line was really, really good, to say the least. Um, so Cairo dances in after passing Thomas and finds Tarasenko on the right-hand side. Um, and five hundred Tarasenko one-times it, kind of like the opposite side of the Ovechkin spot. He's on the other side for basically the left-handed version of the Ovechkin shot. And one times it, buries it past Cam Talbot for his 14th year. Uh, Tarasenko, that makes three goals for him in two outdoor games. So, yep. He really likes playing outdoors as of uh, right now. So, three to one Blues at about the nine-minute mark. The Blues is kind of keep pouring it on and really, really get a lot of chances. And Talbot is kind of holding them into it to a degree. I mean – we, we keep saying, oh, it's Cam Talbot, but seemed to be playing pretty decent most of the game, but um, just can't withhold for long. The Blues finally get a power play after a couple interesting calls, let's just say, during the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barbashev, after <laughs> – we'll tell the story real quick. So Barbashev gets his 12th of the year from Kyrie Bushnevitz uh, for a 4-1 lead. So our friend uh, Tom got Barbashev on his Winter Classic jersey, and we were kind of giving him – crap earlier in the week when Barbashev was on the COVID list. And at the time it was a 10 day wait. So he yep. wouldn't be able to play in our class. So we were kind of giving him crap about it, but he's like, well, they get to play another game this year in these jerseys. I'm like, oh, okay, I know you're good, but it was just, I'm like, that's my like always fear of getting like a name on a Jersey. Like something happens and then you have this Jersey. Now you have a player that, you know, like we'll say almost didn't play in this game, but he wants right. to get the goal. So it's great. And when I'm telling you like the people who the day that the 2017 winter classics got announced, put David Backus on their Jersey. Yeah. And then he didn't sign back with the team. Yeah. Or somebody will say, but they've got Petrangelo on this Jersey at the time, yeah. you know, cause obviously things happen. Cause remember he was like the lead graphic on when they first announced the winter. David, classic. David Backus. Yeah. So, so we may, we're about to tell Chris's story and we're just making a joke about like, he's like, you got Barbashev on his jersey? We're like, yeah. And he just, and then Barbashev got the goal. So I was telling him, because after I told Chris that story and then literally Barbashev scores two minutes after I tell that story and we were just yeah. kind of laughing about it. So, uh, so good call, Tom, on getting Barbashev on your jersey. He says it was good luck. So four to one, looking great. I, I wouldn't be surprised if some Minnesota Wild fans are heading to the exits now because you're looking at about the, about the 15 minute mark and it's four to one. Yeah. And it's not over. Um, no. Jordan, literally, and then his next shift, Jordan Cairo, and 
the uh, we always say uh, on Twitter, Jordan Cairo is elite, and and so is uh, like Robert Thomas is what people keep saying. He is this move to get in the zone and get the pass from Thomas and hold on to the puck long enough where everybody is frozen. And then literally. the shot, and then <laughs> correct, and then literally the shot that he takes, the upper ninety shot that beats uh, Cam Talbot, yeah, ridiculous, ridiculous skill on display by Jordan Cairo, assist Robert Thomas at the almost eighteen minute mark. It is ridiculous to say the least. Uh, five to one, looking great for the St. Louis Blues. Oh, we're not done in the second period. Oh, yeah. oh wait, there's more. Once again, another fluky goal from the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Ryan Pitlick gets the goal from Victor Rask and Nick Bustad at the 18:38 mark. So basically, on the next shift, a puck behind the net uh, hits off Scott Perunovich's stick and deflects and hits Jordan Bennington's mask, and from behind the net, and then goes into the net. Yeah. So really, two so goals. Two goals for the Wild, and two goofy goals for the Wild. Yeah. So basically, the Wild have not scored a. a a goal off their own stick yet. Right. It's been deflected off of either a blues player or a blues player stick or helmet. Mm-hmm. So they haven't had a legit, I say legit goal, but a goal like a traditional USA goal. Right. So five to two, you're kind of like, oh, that kind of stinks. It gives them a little life. But, but next wait. play, next play, Barbashev gets into the zone, gives the puck to Tory Krug in the slot, and Tory Krug beats Cam Talbot. And I think Cam Talbot is done with the cold because he is just turned into a sieve the last three minutes of the period. It was at this point, was it being 6-2 with less than a minute left in the second period, that my friend sent me a text and said, remember that scene in the Titanic where all the rats just headed the, are just running off? That was target field. He said that it was a mass exodus as soon as Tory Krug scored. Yep, so 6-2, uh, Blues at the end of the two. So we talked about it being a uh, record-setting uh, period. So Jordan Cairo gets four points that period. Mm-hmm. So four par four points total he has. So two goals, two assists, which is the most for any player uh, during an outdoor game. Yep. So we were really hoping, like, man, just get him the the hat trick for the, that'd be great. Um, so not much is hat. Unfortunately, doesn't happen. Um, Ryan Hartman gets the goal in about the nine-minute mark from Zuccarella and Kapritsov. Uh, this is after kind of a, you know, scramble right in front. And then with the goalie pulled with a lot of time left, and after a power play, Fiala yeah. gets the puck in front of the net after the Blues kind of are scrambling, and he's wide open, fakes a shot in the puck, and he winds up wristing it past Jordan Bennington. The Blues go into defensive mode the last five minutes, lock things down. Six to four win a little makes it seem closer than it actually was. Um, the shot totals got a little closer than it used to be. The Blues were out shooting them by double for a good chunk of the game, almost triple after the first period. Yeah, I and, remember looking up at I think the end of the second or shortly after the start of the third, and the Blues were beating them like thirty to eighteen. Yeah, the Blues only had a couple of shots in the second, but they pretty much were. Let's just get through this and get done. Yeah, because they're up by four, so. Uh, Blues win the sec- their second Winter Classic, so the 2-0 Winter Classics, um, and they take the coldest, the coldest NHL game ever played in history. So um, not much really to say, but this team played really well from top to I bottom. I think that this is going to be the game that puts the Blues on the national map 
as far as people paying attention to them. You know, you, you start the regular season, and obviously most eyes are on the Blues for one reason, and that's what's going to happen with Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, most people picked the Blues to be a wild card team. You know, everyone thought that, you know, that Colorado would run away with the division. A lot of people thought that Dallas was going to contend. People thought that Chicago was going to rebound with the deals yeah, they made well. to bring in Seth Jones and, and Seth, Jones. Seth Jones. Um, and then people thought that Minnesota and, and St. Louis would be in that mix as well. But I think a lot of people thought the Blues were going to be at best the fourth best team in the conference or in the division. And, you know, I know that everyone else has had injury and COVID problems too. The difference is the Blues are winning these games with whoever's on the ice. And I think that this was a chance for all eyes of the hockey world to see how dangerous this team can be and how it doesn't have to be Ryan O'Reilly putting the puck in the net every night or Vladimir Tarasenko, even though he did have a goal. Um, or these big guns, like they're scoring everywhere on this team. You know, Tarasenko leads the team with 14 goals, but then you have three players with 12. Yeah. One being like a guy that you never thought Ivan Barbashev, who's, yeah. you know, he could have been a, uh, when all the COVID stuff could have been just a placeholder to be on the top yeah. six. Cause you know, he didn't really need to be like, but he was scoring and playing well. So like you um, said, so, yeah, I, I think that if nothing else, this at least puts eyes back on the Blues and, a, hey, this is a real team, and this is a team that legitimately is not just contending for a playoff spot. Like, if they keep playing like this, this is a cup-contending team. Yeah, and they said that on the broadcast afterwards. Uh, you know, I remember when we were kind of – Wayne Gretzky kind of was trying to – talk like you know try to give minnesota some props but then you know i think i think he just gets into the thing where he's like oh i you know from not from st louis but he does have a residence here right now and obviously yep. play for the team um so you don't want to be like too biased there but a lot of the guys bissonette and a couple other guys were talk it we're saying team is really good they expect armstrong to do something um bissonette said, Bissonet said a depth forward which i was just like well i mean i don't know what you consider you need at this point. I mean, you, you're pretty set, I think, depth-wise, in my opinion. Um, Assuming deep, everyone's healthy. Correct. As long as everybody's healthy, if something comes up, that's a different story. But as right. if you look at the team as of right now, I think the thing that they uh, – then Taka came back and he said defense. Right. And I think Which the one that point, – Let's talk about that. One, where are you getting the money? Mm-hmm. And two, who are you moving out? Now, I think everyone – first thought is going to be Marcos Scandella. That's the only thing you can really do at this point, honestly. I mean, it'd be Scandella you know and then – off the top of your head? Because I don't. In the, in the threes. All right, so that's $3 million. That's that's nothing to sneeze at. Like 3.1, 3.2, so. And what are, are the Blues – how much do the Blues have in cap? Is it a uh, million? Uh, like 50000 it So it's like 50000 Oh, yeah. So you're looking at someone who's going to have to be under $4 million a year that you bring in. Yeah, unless you convince a team like you – I say overpay, but you basically give them extra assets to eat some money. Retain salary. Yeah. yeah for example, let's just say because the, the big one that came out kind of, we talked about maybe a little bit the last episode because it's been a minute since we recorded. Um, Jacob Chikrin over in Arizona. Arizona is a huge dumpster, dumpster fire. Um, he's not yeah. having the best season. Let's be honest, that team isn't having the best season. 
considering he's a blues killer though. Yeah. And he played very well last year, had 18 goals from defense last year. Um, he could be somebody and he's a, you know, he's a guy who can do both ends of the ice and would be a perfect top four guy for the blues to lock everything up. You'd have your top four would then be uh, Krug and Falk and Pareko and Chikrin, or you can mix those guys up or whatever. Yeah. And then your in your second, your last pairing could be, you can even he played in the right. They do Perunovic and Mikola. You have a guy who yeah. can skate and a guy who can shut down on the third, on the fourth pairing, you know, and then yeah. you have your extra guys of Wallman or you retain Bortuzzo next year. I don't know. There's a lot of things they could do, but it would probably, it's going to cost at least three to four assets. You think? I one would be, think one being a first I mean, round pick. You think you have to do, this is me to spitballing off the top of my head. Um, you would have to do something like, I would say, <laughs> Scandella for sure because of salary reasons. A first, probably Costin or Neighbors, and then depending if you want to eat salary, you might have to up it. If you let's say you do Neighbors, that's probably better than Costin at this point, and then you might have to throw in another prospect. You do Costin, you might have to throw in somebody like they would want Perunovic. You know, I mean, I think that's just somebody you just have to hold on to. Of course, they're going to want him. I, I mean. It depends on who's coming back. I'm not giving Perunovic up for for Jacob Chikrin. I think I think it depends on what they would if if there's nothing else besides that. Straight up is one thing, but that's not happening. If they said Perunovic, Scandella, and not a first round pick, I have to think about it, man. Because Chikrin's 25 years old. I mean, he's only a couple of years two two years older than three years older than Perunovic right now. So it's still a young yeah. guy. It's not like you're getting like a guy like Scandella who's 32. No, I agree. Yeah. My my only con- that concern is, um, and he signed for a decent another four years at around five mil, so decent contract too. I just feel like Perunovic's ceiling is higher. You know, this is his first year in the NHL. There's always the growing pains of getting used to the game. And I feel like Perunovic has the potential to be another Alex Petrangelo type level defenseman. Mm-hmm. Um, you just got to give him time to get used to the game and find his game here. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and Chikrin's good. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not knocking Jacob Chikrin by any means, but I don't know if the ceiling on Jacob Chikrin is as high as the ceiling on on Perunovic. Yeah, Perunovic, you just don't know what you have yet. I think that's the thing right. is you, you same you way see the as, flashes of it. Yeah, because the same way. Let's be honest, what we had with and not knocking him, but like Clem Costin a couple of years ago when we saw a couple of games where he would just be yeah. like all about it, and they were like he would disappear for a while. And then yeah. he went over to KHL last year and got rave reviews. And this year he made me made the team, but he's just kind of stuck on that fourth line-ish role and never really kind of elevated himself I, past that. And I've always said with players like that, I don't know if I blame them or if I blame the fact that the team is so stacked above them that they're kind of stuck in that position of they're on the fourth line. I mean, look at Robert Thomas's first year. He, he had success, but – he was on that third line quite a bit. And now that you see him in a top six role, the points come in much more than they did before. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that Costa would be well served to get some time with some more skilled players. Yeah. So that could be something that's why like with the trade, if they did do some, the chicken trade, that could be something that's considered because he would go to Arizona, which they need as many prospects as they can. Cause they traded a couple first round picks Yep. And prospects when they're going for it, when I got Taylor Hall and uh, Phil Kessel and stuff. So they got a lot of picks for next year's draft as Bill Armstrong is trying to rebuild that team. 
but he need, also needs some young players there that can, that can at least have some NHL experience. So we'll see what they do there. So Blues get the classic. Next up is the Pittsburgh Penguins, also on TNT this week yep. uh, on Wednesday. You get the Washington Capitals at home on the Friday, and then the Dallas Stars on a Sunday for an afternoon game. So STDers. Yes, and then the week after that, you have their first visit of the Seattle Kraken. So, and Jaden Schwartz will re- be returning to the St. Louis Blues. So, you'll see a video package more than likely. But the first vid- visit for the Seattle Kraken. So, speaking of the Seattle Kraken, I'll talk about the uh, really good uh, heartwarming story that came out of uh, Seattle and Vancouver this week. So, the Vancouver Canucks put out a, you know, message from their assistant equipment manager so he basically said nice so the assistant manager said that during their the first home that when they're in seattle for their first home game there's somebody sitting behind the bench in seattle saying hey you have a mole on the back of your neck and it's cancerous and you know just that's odd thing the guy get pointed out during a game but um he took it to heart you know this kind of said maybe i should get it checked out just because uh, he gets it checked out and he has cancer. Uh, gets it removed ahead of time uh, before it spreads and gets, you know, obviously worse for him. Yeah. Uh, he basically, he wants to thank this person who pointed it out. Um, thanks to the power of the internet, uh, she is found. Um, so her name is Nadia. She was a, a, fan, a fan sitting behind the bench, Vancouver bench in Seattle. Uh, from Seattle, she is uh, going to medical school currently to be a doctor. So that's obviously she isn't somebody just saying that. Right. Uh, she gets brought to, to Vancouver, gets to meet the assistant equipment manager, um, and the Vancouver Canucks and Seattle team up and give her a ten thousand dollars scholarship to go towards her schooling to be a vet doctor. Oh, that's right. So I think it's very cool that they are able to, a find this woman b that's the way you know thank her give her yeah they're giving her money but it's also money to get towards schooling because now like sure. she can go on and save more lives potentially you know so yeah. i think that's very cool that um she would they were able to find her do all this stuff so really cool story out of the nhl this week so um like to hear more stories about that happening and if i could interject as someone who skin cancer runs rampant on both sides of my family tree um it's nothing to mess around with, man. It's it's the most curable form of cancer if you can find it in time. Um, but you have to be proactive. And, you know, I, anytime I have a mole, I have a dermatologist that's on speed dial. And anytime I, I have one that, you know, starts to get a little bigger or puffy or whatever, like I'm in and I'm, I'm having it looked at because it's one of those things where I think we tend to ignore very easy warning signs um you know and most of the time it's nothing but it's it's better to be told no it's not cancer 15 times than ignore it once and have that be the one time that you needed to have something checked out so good on her for for bringing that to the guy's attention and and as well as him for taking it to heart and going to get it checked out. Um, don't ignore those signs, man. Like we, we've talked many times between him and uh, between Jason and I, cause we both had our own health issues the last couple of years that, um, you know, modern medicine is an amazing thing. 
And as long as you uh, stay on top of your personal health, you can uh, you can co- overcome pretty much anything nowadays. Um, yep. But you got it. You got to do your end of the bargain. You got to do your due diligence. You can't you can't show up at the doctor's office, you know, bleeding out and saying, "Help me, I'm going to die." Because a lot of times that's too late. You know, you gotta you gotta do what you have to do on a regular basis and standard, just like a car man. Standard checkups are, are a good thing. Yep. So I thought that was a real good story to uh, kind of wrap things up on. So now we have the first place Blues rolling into the new year after 33 games, 19, 9, and 5. 43 points. Uh, believe it or not, the top three teams are St. Louis, Nashville, Minnesota at this moment. Obviously, games played is a huge thing. Minnesota mm-hmm. has two less games. Uh, we have two more games played than them. The big one is Colorado. Colorado is yep. five points behind us, but they have five games in hand. So they are way behind. So due to COVID outbreaks and just scheduling, they had a light schedule going into this. Yeah, their um, October was nothing. Yeah, so the Blues had a lot of games. They had little games. So it's going to be interesting to see the second half. So a lot of teams, uh, you know, fight for playoff spots. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see some of these teams, like surprising teams, like I think the Kings are kind of surprising to be close to a wild card. Yeah, Winnipeg is a couple of games behind, but they were just okay. Uh, Dallas is kind of falling behind is a team that I thought would be good. They still have a lot less games played, so they could catch up Chicago uh, we, and Seattle. We talked about Dallas also, ton. Yeah. It seems like every year the pundits are high on Dallas. And aside from two years ago when they went to the Stanley cup final in the bubble year, they never really seemed to do anything. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. It, I feel like we're seeing the, the Blues team that we saw pre-COVID before the shutdown. It's the first time where I feel like they're at that level again. Yeah, they're finally so, there and playing well. Yeah, like this team never really had a cup hangover. They came back the next year and were, I think, what, a point out of first in the West? Or yeah. no, they were first in the West, a point out of first overall. Yeah, and then Colorado was a point behind them with a game right. in hand, so that's why they right. did the whole tournament thing to figure out seating and stuff. Um, but, you know, ever since COVID, this team has been, would you say, a 500 team? Yeah, for most over say, 500? I would say, like, they would, you know, for a while there, they were, like last year they had uh, streaks of really bad play and streaks of pretty okay play, and then enough to, you know, get sneak into the playoffs barely. And then when they do, they just got whomped, you know, last year by Colorado. So they were just, you know, not playing well. I think finally everybody's on the same page because there was talk about like Brube still hasn't got a contract yet. He's on his last year's contract. There's rumors that things didn't go well this year. They would just say, thanks for everything, but we'll move move on to the next person. Um, I know that a lot of people around the NHL uh, this is just from talking NHL network have brought up. Um, apparently a lot of people are high on, believe it or not, Steve Ott is the next hot coaching prospect. All right. So a guy that's working his way up and being an assistant on a really good team, a cup winning team before he could wind up, uh, you know, who knows being a coach down the line, or that could be like the uh, quote unquote coach in waiting. We've seen that before, but that could be somebody the blues are looking at as a possible head coach in the future. He's still young, identifies the players. Uh, so that could be somebody to look, keep your eye out for. So yeah. uh, interesting times ahead. I think the blues, uh, the January schedule is very light. 
I just told we and Chris were just talking about it. There's a couple, they have three times and we're in the middle of one right now that they have three days in between games. So this every other day we're getting a blues game, not really happening. Uh, February is up in the air. We don't know the schedule yet. Um, I'm sure the blues will have some games there, but there's talk about each team having a week off as a break, you know, a mental break basically. So right. uh, a lot of time off will be coming up for the blues coming up here. So uh Hopefully we'll have some good news to talk about, uh, but winter classic, like I said, really great game would have been fun to be there, I guess. But like I said, I don't know. I just personally don't know if I would have lasted. So no, I know I wouldn't have. Yeah. So uh, like you said, a couple of friends that, you know, one is a native uh, Buffalo, uh, Buffalo, one's native Buffalo and one's native Minnesota. And both were like, Nope. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's real interesting to see what happens. So, Hey, Good story out of it, but we'll just. Uh, I think the Blues are definitely due for another outdoor game. I think Winter I think Classic. So. If they I think keep playing like they, this, they're going to get some. They they definitely got the attention in the NHL as they got the amount of goals scored was this, the tied for most outdoor game goals scored combined by two teams. Yeah, um, I think the way the Blues played in the second period, I think that's what the NHL wants to see. They want to see the high scoring game Doing and that. exciting game. That's what the the casual fan wants to see. So when you have really good games like that, I mean, a guy like Jordan Cairo coming out, hopefully it's his coming out party. Obviously he's been playing well this year. So we really can't uh, say anything that like we didn't know, but national wise, he might be a guy that's getting a little bit more press now. I agree. So it'd be good to see the blues, another outdoor game. I wouldn't be shocked if we get another one in a couple of years, especially yeah, if this team continues to play well, they have to, if they continue to play well and let's say they go very far this year. Um, you can definitely, it seems like they get based outdoor games on in the future based on the, you know, kind of prior year, the blues were having really good years and then they got the winter classic game mm-hmm. in 2017. And obviously um, they, what they did in 2019, I think that's why they got this game in Minnesota. Absolutely. It is. So I think if they play well this year, maybe next year, you could see in the hand, like four years, you could see them back in it. it might be the new Chicago. Who knows? We're constantly playing outdoor games. So, yeah, I don't know if it'll be another winter classic, but I would imagine if they start doing arena or a stadium series again, you can see the blues in the stadium series. I don't know the setup for it exactly. Um, Is the new soccer stadium conducive, you think? It could be. It would be small, though. Yeah, it would. Because, I mean, what the it's what, 25,000. I don't know if you're ever going to see another one in St. Louis. We just don't have a setup. I don't know where else you put it. Yeah, we don't have a obviously an NFL team to kind of go off of. You know, we had did it in the here. You know where it goes. Hmm. And I'm going to use the Toronto Maple Leaf or the uh, Detroit Red Wings as a reference. It's going to go to Mizzou. Go to Furrow Field. Yeah, that might be. An, that's a possibility. Big enough stadium. So yeah, that would be SEC a... Stadium. So it's newly renovated. If the Blues have another home one, that's where it goes. That'd be interesting. So an outdoor game, I think they could that could seem to be in the road team for at least the next one. And I would like agree. I said, but but that's a possibility. That's a good, a good uh good deduction there. So well, Blues got some games coming up. We'll uh keep bringing you all the news and whatever. Oh, real quick news. Uh, just hitting the the news wire here. Give me a second. Thought I saw an alert. Uh James Neal was on waivers as of last night, which is 
not really surprising. Got hurt. Nope. Has played okay this season. Like two goals, two assists two for assists. seventeen games. Um, and I'm looking to see if he's clear to uh, talk amongst yourselves for five minutes. You know, I liked the James Neal signing when it happened, and he certainly came out like a ball of fire in the preseason. Um, but I think as we get, you know, players back, there are prospects with the emergence of Logan Brown, especially, who have shown that um, they need a chance to play at the NHL level. The the ceiling is much higher on them. So I would, as much as I like James Neal, I would much rather have a Scott Perunovich or a Logan Brown on this team uh, currently than I would a James Neal. So nothing against James Neal. I just, uh, I think that, you know, there's other people who deserve the shot here who are going to be here longer than, uh, than the real deal. Yeah. As of right now, uh, the waivers have not been revealed. This is 11 o'clock, but uh, um, might be a little different now. So as of right now, no news on James Neal. Um, I would I'd be mildly shocked if he was picked up, but everybody's yeah, looking same. for depth right now. So uh, he'd go down to Springfield more than likely. So I hopefully he reports and everything, but he goes down to Springfield, makes less than a million dollars. Blues could have him as emergency recall due to the new COVID rules. So that could be part yeah. of it. But I think guys like, uh, well, he didn't hasn't played because of COVID. Dakota Joshua, I think Logan Brown has come in and played great, tremendous. Like you couldn't ask for more of that trade. I mean, uh, obviously Sanford for Brown and a pick. The pick is condis- uh, I think was basically based on if I think if Brown played thirty five games or more. I think he's gonna. It goes away. So the blue might be straight up Sanford for Brown, which might work out for the Blues. You get a guy. I'm fine with that. Yeah, you know, a guy that's uh, doing well. So we'll take it. So uh, nothing news on that as of recording. We're about eleven fifteen on the third. So we'll see what happens there. So uh, we'll wrap it up there. And if you get a hold of us on Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. I'm at Hossapalooza. And also, if you want to find us on Facebook and Instagram, it's at Blues Hockey Podcast. Uh, go to our website and you can find all those links. It's blueshockeypodcast.com or .net. Uh, when you're there, you have a bunch of different tabs. You have the shows tab. You have a merchandise tab. You get some of our merch. You have all of our uh, sponsors are also on there. Also, the Blues Hall of Shame. We got to do one of those soon. I just felt yeah, like we, a, we, we always do like a, We always try to do like, you know, Blues are playing well, so you don't want to do like a negative thing to do it. So uh, maybe with all the positive news, we'll mix that one in there. We'll think of somebody to doing there and we'll put nominations out on the uh socials coming up soon so but the sponsors page so first off you have DraftKings. go to DraftKings. use the code thpn which is the hockey podcast network which we are a part of and you can use that today to get bonuses when you sign up for a new DraftKings account so go ahead and do that with uh football around the corner uh chris's buffalo bills are in the playoffs yes sir so he's happy um and you got those just starting up. You have, I think, the college football championships coming up very soon. And you have the That's NHL ramping up like crazy. So a lot of things going on uh, sports-wise. So go ahead and create a DraftKings account today. Uh, secondly, you have Lucky Lola's. Go Lucky Lola's. And you have Jalapeno Sweet Heat, the uh, Bratwurst over at Kenrick's. Uh, you also have the Salmon Rub, which is Chris, Chris's favorite product. I'm not going to do it this time. Not going to do it this time? Oh, he's withholding. I, tried, I set you up. I gave you a softball. Too. <laughs> so uh, go ahead and you can find all the products, not only at Kenrick's, you can also find them at any fresh time stores uh, in the St. Louis area. So 
last but not least, Rockstar uh, Taco at the Gaslight. So 4916 Shaw Avenue. Uh, they're back up at Rockin' and Rollin' over there and got a full menu going. Go check them out today. Open, I believe it's like Tuesday through Sunday. They get yep. off Mondays, I believe, as of right now, to uh, recoup and everything. So every Tuesday is uh, trivia. Music trivia. Music trivia brought to by Will. Will, Will personally does that. Uh, and they got a bunch of special. The bunch, the full menu is going right now. So really, I like you've seen specials, but he really hasn't had too many because he has basically a lot of the specials he used to do are wrapped into the menu because they got like a full kitchen now. So he can yeah do those not not do those on like uh, once and every time. He can have those all the time now. The time. So you got the crab rangoon quesadilla. You got the so crab quesadilla. You got the shrimp tacos, beef tacos, chicken. You got the uh, popcorn with the rock star dust on it. Yep. Then they have uh, onion rings, which onion are rings and fries. Onion rings and fries with the dust on it. So go there today. Uh, order some. Order some food. Stick around. Have a drink. Uh, listen to some. They have some live music every once in a while too. So yeah. stick around. Good way to get out of the for the uh, night. So yes, uh, I think we'll wrap it up there. So everything looks looking good for the Blues. Winter Classic is in the books. So Blues two and zero in Winter Classics and. Moving forward, about almost halfway through the season here, getting close with the some of the delays kind of delayed it there. Got the All Star game coming up, so maybe the probably yeah. the halfway point. So we'll uh, get to the All Star game, and hopefully the Blues are still doing well. So we'll wrap up there, and see you guys next time. See ya. Rub that channel.